So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 6, Episode 11 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Asuelu wants to up the family car capacity to make room for all the kids he wants, Mike almost steals Natalie's truck, Angela doesn't get the apology she wants from Michael, Tiffany, Ronald, and the kids go Christmas shopping, Brandon and Julia take their first steps forward to freedom from the farm, Andre tries to park the RV in DC, and Joey comes home to a version of The Wood. As always, we'll end with our class dances, students of the week, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, please listen to our other podcasts, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well from the West Coast. And I was going to say, and I should know you're sitting right in front of me. <laughs> you are doing well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's good to have you over here in sunny Southern California. Well, I guess technically it's sunny everywhere right now. So. Oh, pretty much, yeah. Unfortunately, more for some people than others. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let me just, let's just jump right in. I'm going to start with Brandon and Julia because we didn't really see all much of them. Okay. So we open with them with some big news. Brandon and Julia have already signed a lease on a Richmond apartment, but they haven't broken the news to Brandon's folks. It always, that's because every time they had mentioned moving out again, it always turns into a big fight. They know that it'll um, happen again. So they're having Ron and Betty come to check out the place and then they're going to drop the news on them while they're there. Ronnie and Betty, of course, have a lot of criticism of the place before they know they're going to move in. The view is bad, the kitchen and, kitchen and living room are one room, and the bedroom is tiny. But then Brandon gives them the news. Ron thinks that it's a bad decision and evidence that Brandon is being manipulated by Julia. So instead, But instead of getting angry this time, they just lay on a guilt trip. Julia, however, is thankful. You know, she's thankful that his parents were so generous with their house space. But she's ready to move on and do a more typical American relationship. So I don't okay. know. All right. So what did you think of the apartment? Um, I thought it was fine. I mean, it's your first apartment. I mean, yes. they keep on saying it's, I mean, it's not technically his first apartment for being a first apartment. It's fine. It's functional. It wasn't moldy or disgusting or decrepit or yeah. run down. Like that's yeah. fine. Yeah, it totally fit the fit the vibe of like, I feel like a lot of people when they're that age, you know, well, they're, he's a little bit older. I feel like a lot of people when they're like, you know, the first move in girlfriend or whatever, it's like that tends to be that kind of apartment, that one bedroom, kind of small, kind of maybe not windows that open all the way, but whatever. It's not your parents' house anymore. Yeah, yeah. I love how they're like, oh, it's going to be a lot of money. It's like, yeah, anything's a lot of money if you're not it, paying it, anything it, in the first if place. If you're used to free and it's not 10 acres. Yeah, well, it's like, well, they don't want 10 acres, especially if you're what if, if you're in the 10 acres, yes, they, we need the, more room than, than 10 acres. Well, because it was like, yes, okay, 10 acres, fine. But that's counting outside. That's not what you do when you count a place to live. It's not like my house is 10 acres big because I, I have a huge empty field in the back of it. I don't understand why Ron thinks that Julia is manipulating him. Just because Brandon doesn't tell them things, I think they've kind of brought that on themselves. Right. Because yeah. every time he mentions it, he just flips out on him. And it's like, well, guess what? You're going to get told. I'm not, now, I do think is kind that's that's kind of not ideal that he doesn't tell them things. But also, I keep forgetting that this guy is 26, 27 mm -hmm. years old. Right. He's not like in college. It's not like a thing. I think I don't it's. You know, if if I was to move to a new place, I would definitely do it and then tell my parents, oh, hey, I got a new place. It's not like I would be like, well, let me check with my dad and see if this is a thing. So it, I, I kind of see both sides of it. It's because it just Brandon's never asserted himself before. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, well, I must be this woman who's manipulating him. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel bad. I know they were putting kind of on the guilt trip on the kids, if you will. Right. You know, about like, well, who's going to help us out at the farm? It's like, you've had a freaking year to find someone. <laughs> I don't yeah. feel bad for you all at all. Because it's like, it, 
To me, the fact that they haven't found someone means that they weren't really looking because they didn't really think that they right. were going to move. And that's not on Brandon and Julia. That's no, on it's Ron not. and Betty at that point. It's like, yes, if you were more or less paying your rent with the farm work, then mm. – Okay. Like, sorry uh, that you didn't have a different plan when this was going to leave. Like, right. like, I don't know what to tell you, but it's just, I guess the frustrating part about this is this is like episode 11 yeah. of this show. Yeah. Like, didn't we say they should just get an apartment in Richmond, like on the first episode? Like, it just feels like this takes so long for something. I mean, at, at the end of the day, pretty minor to happen. Like I got a new place. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to a couple. Um, oh gosh, I know they're they're all rough, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to Angela and Michael. So Michael has been blowing up Skyla's phone because Angela just won't respond to any of his calls. Angela thinks that this is what he should have done before they broke up, meaning try to contact her and really be persistent. Angela has changed her mind from divorce because. Because she claims Lou, lawyer Lou, talked her out of it. Pretty sure we were there for that. I don't think that's what he was trying to say. Because he he gave legal advice and she was like, well, he decided we just care about each other so much. (laughs) Yeah. So Angela decides to light up a cigarette and call Michael and tells him just to stop calling Skyla. Michael says he had no choice since Angela's blocked him on everything, which scared him about their marriage. Angela screams that she is American and in the land of the free. So he just can't treat her like that. Angela tells Michael that if her daddy was still alive, he would beat his ass, which makes Michael laugh hysterically. Angela tells him she went to see Lou about a divorce, which shuts Michael up pretty fast. Angela says that maybe she should find another man because she's just taking care of herself anyway. Michael starts to do the slow clap and says, clap for yourself, (laughs) which pisses off Angela even more. So she just hangs up on him. Angela tells the producers that she wished Michael would have just said he was sorry. Angela thinks she's done now. All right. Do you think it would have made a difference if Michael told Angela he was sorry after disrespecting Angela's dad? No, she wanted the apology before that. Like she was giving him a chance by calling him to just... All right, here's your chance. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that's what she was doing. It's like, and I think that's what a lot of people do when they call just to yell at someone, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you really just calling just to yell at someone? No, you're kind of hoping that that person will turn around and kiss your ass and be like, beg forgiveness. And when they don't, that just makes you even more mad, which is why yelling him. Which is why she kind of half expected it, because if he's contacting Skyla, well, then- well, he's trying to get into back in touch with me like really hard and right. he knows what I want. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, it was her assumption that he was just going to be kissing her ass. I'm so, so sorry. I can't believe oh, I want you back, baby. Like all that stuff, which is what she was hoping for. And no, it's funny. I mean, it is very notable that Michael's literally just being like, he doesn't even care what the, about the fight. I don't think. I think he's just think like. So I think he's just like. You know what? One time, I'm going to stand my ground and see how see how it goes. Yeah, I think so too. And but at the same time, it was really disrespectful. Like the little things he was doing, like mm-hmm. the laughing hysterically, like the the slow clap. It was just like talk about going completely the opposite direction. I definitely think you're right in that he is standing his ground, but I think there's more respectful ways to stand up for yourself than mocking the other person. Well, you know who would have done a slow clap and <laughs> laughed at something you said? Angela. Angela. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so she's definitely getting her. Yeah. So <laughs> she, she just definitely is like, I can't like maintain that somebody treating me the way that I treat other people. That's right. Right. Especially be like, and 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 that I'm American. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> Why does she bring that up? It's like she's trying to rub it in his face. Like, I'm American. You're not. That's why you're yeah. with me. No, I think it's I I I quit, can't tell because we're gonna get to this spoiler later. But I think it's just like she's just like I des I don't know if that's I deserve. I think she's trying to make. If I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, it's a cultural argument. No, in American culture, we don't do this shit. So I'm yeah. not going to take it, right? But it, that's not how it comes off. 
No, it definitely doesn't. And like, okay, fine. You're saying you're American, but what does the land of the free have to do with cultural differences? <laughs> yeah, uh, that one didn't make much sense at all. No, especially when she yells, land of the free! It's like, yeah, oh it my didn't gosh, Angela's no crazy. Yeah, but it just, I mean, at the end she hung up on him and she just made pretty clear, like all I wanted from him was to have to give in. Yeah. And like they go to Michael and he was like, I just always give in. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And so it was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how this, I don't see how it can work, but it's like, man, you'd think Michael would have figured this out by now. Mm. Like why, why hang on for so long just to do it now? Like, this is yeah, exactly what everybody's been saying about her the whole time. Yeah. All right. So going on to other people who just keep having the same argument, Libby and Andre. All right. So the RV trip continues and everyone seems pretty miserable when they get to DC. Now, they try to take the RV to um, the Airbnb, which apparently is like a DC row house, which has the tiny little one-way streets, yeah. and it's not working. There's not parking for it. They can barely get down the street to get in front of it or whatever. So everyone's yelling about it. Andre's yelling about it. Everybody's yelling from the back, backseat drivers. It's, it's really rough. So instead of just like getting somebody to the Airbnb or, or, or finding some way to make that work, they just give up and they book hotel rooms way the hell out in Waldorf. And they have to drive all the way out there after it's clearly already dark. So Libby defends, you know, her getting the Airbnb. She was the one who uh, made the booking and claims that she checked to see if the RV would fit. And she walks away in a huff at the hotel when Andre starts yelling about it. And then also ranting about the women's work as he drops suitcases. God. So anyway, the next morning, Libby and her sisters are, you know, kind of debriefing each other on the previous night. But once everyone gets in the RV, they go to Aunt Susie's house for a welcome dinner for all the Florida people. Charlie and his wife had gotten there the night before, and they're there waiting. Aunt Susie's is already pretty leery of Andre's motives regarding money. Suze makes the mistake of asking about how business is going, and so now it's time to have the same fight we've been having all season. Charlie also very ready to start some shit. And tells her about the loan, about everything, the loan that Andre had asked for. So Pappy and Suze, you know, they, they jump in and they're, you know, they're on Team Charlie and with, with the kids. They think Andre should have brought more to the table and started from the bottom. Anyway, Charlie just keeps continuing the airing of the grievances here until it quickly devolves into just a dumb shouting match. Okay, so, you know, I'm from the D.C. area. You, you, you lived in D.C. for a yeah. little bit. So... How would you have dealt with this DC RV situation? Um, I wouldn't have, but I mean, I, okay. But that's because we have knowledge of the streets of DC, right? Yeah, well, right. Yeah, like you all know that like, okay, yeah, a bus can fit because obviously oh, there's I know store buses. buses yeah, <laughs> there's store buses all around DC. But, you know, going down these little streets and things like that, that's not working. And what... The was it Becky's husband uh -huh. that was trying to like support Andre? Like he was looking out the window, like, dude, look at how close you are to these cars. Like this is not working, and I don't know why the family continued saying, "No, no, it'll be fine." It's like you can look out your window and see that these just guys. Just keep going. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the family Libby, though. Just keep going. Don't worry about anybody else. Go. <laughs> oh I my mean, gosh, because I told you. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I've definitely. Because I know buses can fit, but mm. I also know that I've had to get off of buses and do the, no, you're good. You're yeah, good. You're yeah. good. You're good. No, but no. But not this driving way. down a street, <laughs> no, I right? Get out. Usually I get that's out. like the parking situation, yes. right? They weren't even at the part where they were parking Oh, no, no. Anything. I've, I've had, I've had. I've gone, I got to do a lot of field trips in DC <laughs> and uh, they, sometimes they get lost and end up on streets where there's like, uh, <laughs> okay, let me get out. So it's tough, but also. If the Airbnb, what I didn't understand is why the Airbnb guy was not contacted at all. Yeah, right. Like, like is there another way to get to like, your place? They're like, there's no bank. place in D.C. to park an RV. Overnight, yes. Is there a McDonald's parking lot you can pull aside and get into? Also, yes. Mm. Like, it might not be right next to the Airbnb, but enough that you can get there, call the Airbnb guy and be like, yo, dude, we told you we had an RV. Yeah. Where are we putting it? Right. Before driving all the way to Waldorf, and I don't know, again, people unfamiliar with D.C., Waldorf is literally like the the thing people joke about it being so far away that doesn't even exist. <laughs> like It's like they keep talking about one of the – Waldorf is so far away from D.C. Like they were being – if they were where I thought they were in D.C., 
like uh, north of the Capitol building. Yeah. They were being generous by saying Waldorf was 45 or an hour away. It's probably closer to two hours away. Oh, my goodness. I've never even heard of Waldorf. <laughs> I've lived there. Yeah, I don't even like, know. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to go around Branch Avenue and then go out pad through PG. It's, it's forever away. It's just like, oh, my God, are we in Waldorf yet? Good. Oh. Like, it's a running joke about how that is. Yeah. But then we get to the house. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. I hate this family. You all know? of them. Yes, yes. They're all so, so terrible. It's like, you're in an aunt's house, right? Extended family. She don't know your shit. Yeah. Yet, apparently. Like, oh, yeah. Give her 10 minutes in the house oh. with y'all. Now she knows your shit. But that's because who got there first? Oh, Charlie. Who was there before anybody heard anybody yes. get talked was Charlie yeah. saying like, this asshole just coming in and trying to run the company. And like, they think he has some sort of like weird mental hold. Like he's brainwashed Chuck yeah, into thinking like sense. things. It, 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 that's the part to me that if I was Chuck, I would feel most insulted by. Like right. you guys just think what? Like you guys think I'm just going to let this guy come in and take over everything from you? Yeah. Like how little do you think of me? Yeah, I just, ugh. and it's the same freaking argument. It's just a different context. Yes. It was on the boat, in Jen's house. Now it's in the aunt's house. It's like, it's the same stupid arguing. Can we stop having this argument already? Right. It is. It is. It's like, yeah, I just want to move, move this story, this story forward here. Right. Okay, let's talk uh, Tiffany and Ronald. So Ronald is taking the family to get a Christmas tree and Christmas decorations, and Daniel gets really excited. Daniel thinks that means that they'll be spending Christmas there, and Tiffany is pissed that Ronald is being manipulative trying to bribe them to stay. Tiffany tries to set some ground rules uh, and reminds him to stick to a budget. Daniel wonders if they're really going to buy all of this. Tiffany is trying to stick to the budget, which leads to bickering between her and Ronald. And Ronald tries to drag Daniel into this argument and asks him to choose which one he wants. And Daniel chooses the more expensive tree. They spend about $700 on Christmas decorations and Ronald just throws down the credit card. Tiffany fears that Ronald is not making good financial decisions, which will somehow tie into his gambling problem. Another day, another stupid t-shirt from Ronald. And they're meeting up with Ronald's mom, Rhea, to see rescue elephants. Daniel is excited to feed the elephants, and Tiffany is really enjoying the experience. Ronald is proud to share his home and what they have to offer with his family. Rhea and Tiffany have a sit-down where Tiffany expresses concern about Ronald's spending habits and not taking care of Carly. Tiffany admits that Ronald has turned into super dad when hanging out with Rhea. Rhea and Tiffany are both crying over the situation. Rhea says that maybe Tiffany had very high expectations and maybe that's just not fair. Rhea offers to take the kids for the night so Tiffany and Ronald can have a date night. Ronald is confused and feels that his mom is now somehow involved in their marriage. He asks what they talked about and tells Tiffany he feels like she's always talking shit about him. Tiffany and Ronald later go out to a restaurant and Tiffany is excited to have a drink. But they start immediately bickering at dinner. Ugh. Tiffany says he needs to put in more effort and Ronald comments on her complaints. So they're just like sniping at each other the whole time. Ronald thinks the day is going well, so she should just enjoy it. They continue to fight. and Tiffany claims that, you know, she is really the man of the house. And if Ronald wants her to talk to him, uh, then he needs to be open. Ronald gets up and leaves the dinner and, as Tiffany says, ruins her night. All right, so let's kind of start maybe from the beginning of all their stuff. Okay. Like, and I know you're, what you're going to say about this. Like, why are you leaving financial decisions to the kid? That's, oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I knew That's you'd have thoughts about terrible. that. terrible. <laughs> like, it's not just that it's a financial decision. It's that you're asking the kid to be the arbiter of the argument between you and your wife. Yes. Which is just about the worst thing you can do in any argument. Right. Right? right? Because when things don't work out, right? Let's say things don't work out and it comes up in a fight. She's like, you always spend too much money. Well, who actually decided to spend the money? Yeah. Right? Whose final, quote unquote, final decision was it? Daniel. So you're going to make the kid feel like if I would have made different decisions, if I would have oh, come yeah. down to different places, they might mm -hmm. still be together. Right? And so it's just, it's, it's terrible. Like, I mean, it's okay to fight in front of kids, you know, can see how to resolve conflict. It's not okay to have the kids resolve the conflict. And like, I don't know what I make of 
Tiffany's interpretation of it either, because she just seems determined to make give the least generous interpretation of everything Ronald does. Yeah. Is Ronald trying to make the house more more livable and more exciting for the holidays for his son? Maybe, but does she say that? Or is it he's manipulating him to make him think he's going to stay here for Christmas and trick him into wanting to be here so that he can use it against me, right? It's it's compl- and I don't know which one it actually is, well, but she I never mean- she never goes with a more generous one. Everything he does, he could do almost anything and she'd be like, "I think he's just trying to trick me." Nice. He was a great parent when his mom was around. Did she say, oh, wow, let's keep this up? Or did she say, oh, this has to be some suspicious thing where he's just trying to look good in front of his mom? Yeah, well, that's not wrong. But at the same time, we have seen Ronald use Daniel to try to get what he wants. Sure. And so Tiffany must know that, right? So before the season, he tells Daniel, oh, tell your mommy every day that you want to come visit me, mm-hmm. you know, and try get her on board so that way we can co- you can come see me. And so it's like for Ronald to have a history of doing that, then, yeah, I mean, I can see where Tiffany's coming from because that is what he's doing. He's trying to manipulate the situation. Now, I get that she should probably give him the benefit of the doubt every once in a while, but this is like a very bizarre situation. They've already fought about money having yeah. to do with yeah. the grocery store Polony incident, and now you've got him trying to spend $700 on Christmas just to keep them there. And also what doesn't make sense to me is he could have probably had more time with them if he hadn't, uh, if he had just paid the portion of the tickets from way before. Right. And then it wouldn't have run into Christmas and then this wouldn't be an issue. Right, right. I know, it's just, it, there's there's a line between, is it just, because it makes sense to me and it's it, I wouldn't say it would be underhanded to be like, I want my son to really like it here so that he'll want to stay. Yeah. Right? That's not underhanded. To do like, I'm going to, I want my son to really like it here because I want him to think, I want him to make the assumption that he'll be here through Christmas and that will make them stay longer because he'll feel bad. She'll feel bad if he makes them leave is another one. But yeah, it's like he's spending money that everybody knows he doesn't have. Right. And I think that's Tiffany's point is it's one thing to make your house feel, as he puts it, homely for Christmas. Homely. The homely house. That's one thing, right? Get a tree. Sure. Get some Christmas decorations. Make it feel festive in there, right? Mm -hmm. But Ronald is really going all out. And I think that's the part where it kind of seems more like a bribe because you're trying to, you know, wow him with money and like expensive things to get him to stay. When really, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's it should just be about like I want to make this place feel welcoming and that like we're spending the holidays here and you don't need all this extra stuff. Well, I mean, part of it is the that. extra money. Like I, I also feel like with the trees and stuff, mm-hmm. I I have I have my dad way of, you know, my own kind of manipulation where I'm like that tree. Oh, man, that one. It's it's super big. It's really tacky. <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't look good in our house. Like it would take up all the space. We don't really want that tree. Mm-hmm. Like we want this one. It would be much better for what we have. Like I could totally sell them on the cheaper tree oh, being goodness. like, oh, no, that big one is lame. Totally, totally bad. Yeah. But he doesn't do that because he goes in for the I'm going to do the bigger thing. But like I also understood kind of for the first time more where he was coming from at the dinner, mm-hmm. right? Because that's when he he said something about her always complaining, right? But he yeah. didn't say it when she was complaining about him. She said it when he said it when she sent the drink back. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Oh, so it's e- literally everything. So you just everything anybody does for you, you're gonna complain and try to send it back." Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong, but they don't seem well together, right? Because mm-hmm. as much as she complains about him, about the situation, about the food, about the drink, you know. He's, I mean, he also contributes his fair share to the fight, fights and the bickering sure. as well. Sure, Like, he just gets, like, defensive and, you know, just saying things that are just like, oh, my gosh. Uh, I agree that she has this thing just in general where she feels like she needs to hide everything from him. Mm-hmm. You know, like even the divorce and the visa thing. He, she's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to tell him what happens if, you know, we don't get the visa. Like, I don't want to have to worry about that because I'm afraid of what he's, you know, right. she is. She's afraid of what he's going to say. And so I think like the complaining is her like 
kind of weird indirect way of addressing the problem without addressing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest issue for me is she doesn't address the problem and then also kind of acts like she did address the problem and he yeah. was supposed to know exactly what she was talking about when yeah. she did that, you know, and, and, and then kind of, then that kind of culminated in that weird thing where she's like, I am the man of the house, Yeah. which is weird. I don't, I still am always stuck on why people need to have, need there to be somebody who is in charge. And that's, Ronald too. Like Ronald yeah, definitely no, always behind the, the man. I'm that. the man of the house. And I mean, it was kind of a comeback for it. But yeah, I mean, and it's just like, cause so much of what she says is like, I just want you to do more or try. And he's supposed to know what that means because yeah. the only way he knows how to do it, it looks like is by spending money. And he thinks that's going to be it. Well, I think that's part of the problem just in general with his idea of what a household should look like. Sure. The man of the house is the person who controls the money and has the money to control. Uh-huh. Right? And so he thinks that he has more leverage in South Africa, like having money, being able to show the family he has money and things like that. So that's why he does things like, you know, trying to buy these Christmas decorations. He's like, I'm the man of the house. I bought these things. You know, and Tiffany's kind of like, no, I'm the man in the house because I'm the one who really has the money. I'm the one who bailed you out when you couldn't buy groceries. I'm the right. man of the house. So I think like this whole idea that the person with the power is the person with the money mm-hmm. is what is contributing to these very antiquated ideas that aren't really functional for what their situation is. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because he's not because even if he did, even if they did get him to the U.S., mm-hmm. he he would not be able to work. Yeah. Right. For a, a little while. Right. Yeah. So I don't. But yeah, but he's not he's not going to let that. He just has a mental block where he's not going to be like, well, the roles have to change. Even if she makes all the money, he's going to be mm-hmm. like, but I'm the man. and I make the decisions about the money. I know. What is it with him and Andre? Like both of them, like women's jobs, men's jobs. It's right. just like. Why? Yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't make any is sense. Is this to something me. that is like specifically penis related? Then right. you know, like I don't right. understand why this is just right. a man's do you, job. Do, do you have to stand up to pee for this job? Because otherwise, <laughs> I don't. I don't see why this is a man's job. Now, there's certain things where like, oh, this would be easier for someone who has more upper body strength. Sure, I guess. But like, that doesn't seem like if it, that. There's not that many of those jobs that that needs to be anybody's household role. <laughs> It's right. like, you can pick things, you can pick up the instant pot and put it on top of the refrigerator. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It just, I, I think it's, and these are both our foreigners too, like Andre and Ronald. Sure. And I just think that, you know, the, we're trying to be a little bit more progressive in America that way. Mm-hmm. And so to Angela's point, you know, there's, you know, movement toward being progressive and having equal and like sure. not really gendered roles. Sure. And, you know, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with gendered roles in the household if everybody's on the same page. And that's not what's happening here. No, no. I mean, I definitely have. It's definitely a, I don't know, they both seem very, very afraid of being emasculated. And they feel just, they just totally feel emasculated if they're either A, doing women's work or B, if the women are doing what's supposed to be their work. Right. Okay, so their explanation of sex with Daniel. This was, I, well, okay, they, first they said squishy, which is. I have no idea what that means. I don't know either, but doesn't I, sound that is not clean. a word I ever um, <laughs> really want to be associated with sex that much. I think of, when I think of squishy, squishy. I think of uh, uh, poos. Um, like belly, like, or like, the uh, yeah. No, from Simpsons, a poo. A poo, uh, oh. Uh, his Squishies, you know, the, the Slurpees. Oh, the, the Slurpees. Slurpee the Slurpees. See, I thought of, um, like, from Finding Nemo. Oh, you yeah. Be my you squishy. will be my Squishy. <laughs> <laughs> but then she changed it from Squishy to Special Kiss. Yeah. I was like, that's... I mean, it's he's actually gonna... a nice, vague way to put it. I think that it was, like, is. pretty, you that, know, that isn't bad, considering how old he is. How old is he? He's like, 11? 11? Yeah. Okay, well, he's doing sex ed in school, like, next year. He'll they'll figure it out. Yeah. So, and because I think part of it is that when it's, like, blatantly a lie, 
Like yes. you're saying the, like, oh, the stork, the stork dropped you off yes. at the door. Like that's ridiculous. I think if it's a vague, like not a complete mm-hmm. truth, but I'm just not telling you the whole story. I think that's better because right. then when they do yeah. learn the truth, it's there's, like, okay. There's some more that goes, there's some more, there's some more that goes right. on beyond kissing, but yes, right. We, we'll talk about that later. Like kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. So that brings me to, let's go Jovi and Yara. So today is the day that Jovi is finally getting home after his three months at work. They talk about how much Myla has grown since he left. This is on the way to the airport to pick him up with Gwen and Monty. Stepdad, Monty, who's his stepdad, talks about how hard this type of schedule can be on everybody since he works a similar job. They pick Jovi up at the airport and then, you know, Jovi and Yara sneak their masks down a little quickly for a kiss while Jovi takes Myla, who finally isn't crying when Jovi holds her. (laughs) Yara has kept all the details about the new apartment they moved, she moved into secret, so he doesn't know what to expect at all. So back in the truck, Jovi is getting excited about taking warm showers and sleeping in soft beds. And he keeps mentioning how much he missed Mila and also keep forgetting to mention that he also <laughs> misses his wife. Aww. So Jovi is worried that the new place is going to be boring. So Gwen and Yara both warn him that, yeah, it's going to be boring. But he said he really wanted to have some place where he can, you know, hop in an Uber and get to New Orleans. But the first thing he finds out about it is that that is not the case. We heard last time it was like 45 minutes from the city. So when Jovi comes in, he first complains about the couch. And Yara explains that she got rid of the old one because it was full of hoe diseases. (laughs) (laughs) From all the other like strippers and women that he hooked up with. But his real primary concern is that they're in the middle of nowhere. And that's intolerable to him. Um, he just thinks that both of them are going to get really bored very quickly. He's pretty bummed about, you know, having to how quickly he's had to take on this new role of like suburban dad. So how long do you do you think Jovi is going to, you know, last out here in the woods? That's an excellent question. I think he will make it past the pandemic. And when things start opening up, including his bars, he's going to be sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll work it, but I think it's going to be intolerable for Yara. Like, I think he's going to go and, like, take his 45-minute drive into the city um, and end up, like, crashing at friend's place who still lives in the city. Yeah, I could see that. And, like, not being – like, he's, like, gone, like, all weekend yeah. doing that. I don't know if he'd do that all that often because it really – he – what I thought was really sweet was how genuinely he came off as missing Mila mm-hmm. and, like, wanting to be there. Now – it's easy to say that if you've been away from someone for so long. Right. And yes. so it's a lot harder to tell if you don't see them day to day, like dealing with the baby all day long, you know, yes. he may yeah. want a break when the, yeah. When the, when the kid's been, you know, pooping and screaming and running and all over you and, and crying and, and you're exhausting like, you, you know what? That Saturday going down and crashing at so-and-so's place in the city might sounds uh, pretty awesome right now. Yeah. I can definitely see, you know, that being something. Um, At the same time, you know, maybe his friends are starting to kind of do their own thing because his one friend, Sarah, and I can't remember who she was married to, but his Uh friend, um, they had the baby and, you know, they were giving him advice on the baby. So he wasn't the last one. And he was the one that dipped out on the bachelor party. Right. Before the strip club. He wasn't mm-hmm. the last one of his friends to get married and have a kid, but definitely there was it's, only a couple left. It's going that way, yeah. Yeah, he was. He seemed to be one of the holdouts, but but I, I also do seem I, I could see him making that adjustment and kind of resetting and being like, oh yeah, that's like the guy that's like ten years older than us. It's always around, oh, whatever. Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to hope for the best on this one. But at the same time, knowing his past, it wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, fell yeah. back into his own ways. But we'll, we'll see. Like I said, I hope for the best. Uh-huh. So have you ever gotten um, rid of a couch because of like all the germs that you thought? No, because I don't let that stuff happen but what i will say is i've had people sleep on my couch before but i always put down a sheet because it is it is kind of gross like if someone's like sleeping on your couch and you have like people frequently sleeping on your couch it's just like sleeping on a mattress with nothing on it right it's just your dead cells just sloughing off onto it and i think that was part of her concern but i think the bigger part of her concern is i know you banged a bunch of strippers on this couch and i don't want it in my house like yeah I mean, 
Couches are one of those weird things, though, you know, because it's like, well, I guess mattresses are like this, too, right? Uh-huh. What might be comfortable to one person is not so comfortable to another. Oh, sure, totally. So, yeah. you know, the fact that Yara was like, I love this couch, and Juvie was just like, ugh, this couch. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, well, mattresses is true, too, because I like, I, I need a pretty firm mattress, and so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, when I come in and like saying like, oh, my face is covered in playing and like that mattress. I'm like, oh, no, I don't like it. But that's the way some people go. So, yeah. All right. Um, so I uh, have Mike and Natalie. So it's the day of Natalie's surgery and drama, drama, uh, drama. Always. Yeah. She's getting her polyps removed from her nose. Uh, they were staying at the hotel the night before. Uh, because the plan was is they were going to stay there overnight because they were closer to the hospital and then Mike was going to drive her. But they got into an argument about what went down in Oklahoma, which God knows how long ago that was. Keep having the same argument. It's a pattern. So Natalie just like peaced out and went to Juliana's and left Mike stranded at the hotel and basically ghosted him. He goes to the hospital. He gets a ride to the hospital and just waits in the parking lot for Natalie to arrive, even though he doesn't know what time her surgery is. She is still rejecting the skulls, so he decides to drive around with production trying to find his truck. They finally find Big Blue, so Mike assumes that Natalie is at the hospital, and it makes him feel unwanted. So he gets frustrated and mad and gets in the truck with his spare keys and decides he's going to leave her stranded. After driving for a little bit, I'm assuming to go home, he realizes that stranding her isn't going to fix anything. (laughs) So he heads back to the hospital. He gets a call from a nurse saying that Natalie is almost ready to be released. An hour later, Mike is escorting Natalie to the truck. The surgery is a success and Natalie says that she can finally smell again. Mike is bringing up what happened that more isn't going to bring up what happened that morning since she just got out of surgery and they make it back home. He's trying to make everything comfortable for her. And then that's when Natalie starts to order him around. Mike is irritated and feels like he keeps trying, but Natalie only wants help in a very specific way. Natalie says that their relationship is complicated because there is love there, but she she recognizes that there's no understanding. All right. Do you agree with Natalie's assessment that there's love but no understanding in their relationship? I, mean, I definitely agree with the no understanding part. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. If, I think they might be. She might be trying to fool. I think there once was love, mm-hmm. um, and maybe there's some sort of something there that you know is a remnant of that that they keep holding on to. But I don't even know that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't look at the way they treat each other and say they love each other. Yeah, I mean, Mike did a little bit better when she was sick, right? But that, to me, it's kind of like, whatever, that's that's fake. That's like my bad students, and I come to school, and it's obvious that I'm not feeling well. They are are angels, and you're just Mm -hmm. like, why? Why are you like this? Not like this all the time. Only when you think I'm sick. They, when you, they, it's like a pity, really the nice. pity thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pity you. So right. it's definitely something like that where it's just like, oh, Natalie's clearly vulnerable and in pain. Right. I'm gonna be nice now. Right, right, right. Which is, I mean, but it was funny though because he even complained about that, right? Yeah. Because he even complained about, well, I want her help, but and then he's this is the the words he said were, she only wants help when it's convenient for her, and I was like, yeah, that's yeah. kind of how help works. <laughs> Yeah. Like nobody asks for help when it's inconvenient for the person asking for help. Right. That's not what help is. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Because then why would you even ask for help? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So she was being accused generally on social media of getting this uh, nose job. Like it wasn't really a nose job that they thought it was like cosmetic. Oh, I, I, based on what we saw. No, like, no. Because no. yeah. I'm going to say her nose looked the same. Well, right. I mean, I've, I've never seen somebody get a nose job, nose job where like they only had like a little bandage on the bottom of their nose. It's right. usually their whole face that's almost covered. Yes, yes. Because uh, if you're getting a nose job for real, you, like a reconstruction nose job. Right. You, and even some of the um, CV deviated. Oh, yeah, sure. Ones, yeah. They like break They got to break nose. it. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't have anything of that. So... Yeah. Natalie still looks like Natalie. Yep. She sure does. And I, I feel like that's also another one like people would have known because she would have had a different nose in her like, you know, weird social media stuff that she's always putting yeah. up. Yeah. I think people just assumed because it definitely looks like she's not afraid to have work done. Sure. Because she does look 
different, very different than like, let's say her first wedding yeah. photos that oh, she yeah, did yeah. that are floating around out there. Yeah. So what was going on with the truck? I mean, that was Natalie's truck, right? Big blue was Natalie's, but I, it seemed like they just took one truck to Seattle. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I haven't ever seen Mike with another, I haven't ever seen another car. It seems like they both kind of share the truck. No, I think there's two trucks. They're oh, both, they're very similar, but one's like navy blue and one's like a brighter blue. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say that, yes, I kind of see it as Natalie's truck because wasn't he just in the last episode trying to show her how to maintain it? Oh, something? yeah, he was put changing the wipers and yeah, checking the yeah, fluids and stuff. Right, right, right. like that. So, yeah, I kind of think of it as that too. And so definitely Mike was being spiteful mm-hmm. and vengeful when he decided, well, I'm going to strand her at the hospital and see how right. she feels. I, I just, it took me a little while to realize that. I was like, did he just like steal her truck because that yeah, seems like she just much. stole her truck but yeah. then it was like the only truck that they had there yeah so that doesn't mean it's not like he brought his truck i was like no i'm gonna take her truck and just drive right. it away so she can't get to it no nah, he like, just wanted to go home and he was just like well this is like you know and i think this is sad because you know like you said if it is her truck but he's probably thinking like well i paid for this oh truck. i'm sure i my name is probably the only name on the title because Who's going to go through the process of changing ownership of a title when it's like your partner? You know, yeah. it's like, no, yeah, definitely. Why would you do that? So he's probably like, well, I can't legally get in trouble. This is legally mine. My, my I'll just take it and drive home. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, at least he didn't stick with that. I, I know. Cause when he did that, I was like, no, he did that not. Be, oh my God. Cause yeah. Cause I didn't even know, but I don't know what her plan was. Like whatever right. surgery she had, major, minor, whatever, she was definitely under and wasn't going to be able to drive when she got out of surgery. Well, maybe she thought she could because I'll have to say from my experience when um, I had my tonsils out, mm-hmm. like the uh, they had told me before, like I had to, they, I was not allowed to drive home by myself. Uh, so I had to have my sister like drive me there. She picked me up, drove me home. They were telling me that I needed someone to be with me for a good, like, I don't remember how long they said, like 10 hours or something oh, wow, after. Yeah. Because they were, and I get it that other people have different reactions to anesthesia. So they were kind of saying, well, you know, like you might not be even able to make it to the bathroom by yourself. Like I had my tonsils out. It has nothing to do with like my, yeah, yeah. you know, there's no abdominal things going on. Yeah. Right. To Mm -hmm. the bathroom. But they were saying like, oh yeah, you're, you might need someone to like help you because you might not be able to get there by yourself. Honestly, I got out of surgery. They woke me up. I probably was like, I felt tired. Took me about 15 minutes. Then I was absolutely fine. I could have drove myself home. Oh, see? I was walking around doing all these active things at my house, like when I got back from the hospital. So I think maybe she just thought like, oh, well, maybe I'll maybe. be fine. I don't know. But it's definitely one of those things. I'm not sure how self-aware people are because like I've only been out once. It was never anesthesia. It was just mm. a sedative. And and that was like to get my wisdom teeth out when I was 16. And I couldn't put my Oh, they head- put me under for that. I- no, I, well, they did, but it was a uh, this. It was oh. it was not anesthesia. It was not anesthesia with the breathing. Oh, it was okay, it was okay. like that. But when Mr. I was pointing to his hand like a needle, the in needle the hand. in the hand. Yeah. Yes, but like no, when I woke up, I couldn't pick my head up for an hour. Like yeah. and and so like that and and you know I've had other people that I've picked up from surgery probably more major surgery. They're probably up under for longer mm-hmm. than she was. But it's like yeah, it's like and it's not that they are unaware. They just can't stay awake. Like mm-hmm. they keep falling back asleep. Yeah, is the biggest thing. But she seemed pretty loopy <laughs> later, <laughs> more more so than usual. Well, her demands were kind of interesting. Like she was very specific. She like she kept on saying, boiled, like, boiled potatoes, boiled potatoes, boiled potatoes. Keep and the skins she, on. And then she was adding all these weird things like pickles and Parmesan cheese <laughs> and I forgot mushrooms. what else. Yeah, mushrooms. And it's just like, this is the oddest plate of food. <laughs> Those things don't go together. All right. I, I, I thought they didn't go together. Potatoes and pickles. And cheese? No, and they were like gherkins too. They were yes. like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh man. So Very other speaking of other goofy people, Asuelu. Oh gosh. So anyway, the romantic getaway with Kalani and Asuelu was a success, and things are going well so far. But now it's time to get Asuelu out of the house, <laughs> and for that, they're gonna need a car, specifically because he was working as a rideshare driver. So they go to the used car lot and he's scoping out the Corvettes while Kalani is focusing on the fuel efficient hybrids. They start to bicker about whether he should get a big minivan or a small fuel efficient car. Oh my 
The car dealer suggests that if he's ride-sharing, he should probably focus on the fuel economy. But Asuelu just decides, says that they they have both decided that they're going to get a minivan. <laughs> because, you know, they're going to have another baby soon. They're going to oh need their seats. So this new baby is news to Kalani. And so now the conversation shifts to this in front of the poor car dealer. So Kalani was excited to be done breastfeeding. So she doesn't really like this plan at all. She asks Isuelu in a perfect world, how many kids would he have? She's like, if, you know, if my opinion didn't matter. And he says seven. Oh, my gosh. Back at the house, Isuelu is showing the kids a Samoan dance with, with his mom on a video call. He wants the boys to understand Samoan culture. I and mean, we get reminded, we also get reminded about the whole issue last year where, you know, his mom asked for all the money and then Kalani almost fought his sister Tammy. Asuelu says that their relationship is complicated due to all of that. But Tammy and Mom now live in Salt Lake, which is much closer, much easier than Washington State, but they still haven't seen each other yet. In fact, they haven't talked to Tammy since the tell-all. When um, Mom hears about the fight about having more kids, she does he should do things the Samoan way. Uh, before they hang up, though, she invites herself to come see the grandkids before she goes back to Samoa. Asuelu agrees, but he really doesn't want to see Tammy because he's just going to fight with Kalani and create more drama. But there's no other way for you know, mom to get there. So eventually they come to the conclusion that, all right, Asuelu will pay for a hotel room nearby and that way they can visit. So I was a little confused at this point because she just said the Samoan way. What do you, what did she mean specifically by the Samoan way? Lots of babies Just way? lots of babies? <laughs> a lot of uh, pro-procreation is right? what I'm thinking. Well, because I, I, I was actually, the part I was conf a little confused about is because, yes, it seemed like a lot of babies, but it also seemed like he was like, well, I want to have a lot of babies. And she's like, well, yeah, sure. That's not your problem. Go ahead. Like yeah. she should take the Samoan way is she'll take care of whatever babies you want to pop in there. Right. I think also just I would think that the Samoan way is just pro-family. Mm -hmm. Right. And it and I think pro-family means pro-supporting the mm -hmm. elderly. Uh, right, sure. It means, uh, you know, creating a mess of kids of your own. Uh, it means family first. So, you know, and I know a lot of people kind of uh, interpret this with women specifically now, mm -hmm. like modern women, is they think that women are choosing not to have kids because they're trying to put their careers first. Sure. Right. So having this idea that Kalani's not having children because she's trying to do other things, mm -hmm. I think maybe is like not against or it goes against the Samoan way, which is like prioritize family. Right. So popping out as many kids as you can. Right. Well, I, I, it also seems at least my understanding is, you know, as much sociology as I have background is that like as societies kind of develop and industrialize, mm -hmm. the number of children tends to go down. Yeah. And this kind of hits with. What Asuelu was saying about, oh, in Samoa, we have all these families because one of them's got to do the fishing and another one's got to do the riding. Yeah, right. Another one's got to do a job and another one's got to, because they all have to work together yeah. and chip in to support the family. And that's what it always was is like in, you know, agrarian societies, you had a bunch of kids because you couldn't pay farmhands. So right, like right. have a kid and there you go. There's one for free. Whereas in our society and in industrialized societies, it's like, well, each kid actually is more expensive. Right. It's another <laughs> mouth to feed. Yeah. It's yeah. not like we'll save money on labor because my children will be out here. Yeah. It's like, oh no, we have to like pay, pay for, for that. care. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's definitely a different way of thinking about it. Yeah. Um, his conversation with his mom was really interesting because his mom in general is really funny to me. Yeah. Like she acts something. like she's dying. Oh, yeah. It's she definitely like, lays on the guilt of like, oh, your poor mother who's going to Samoa never, never will see her son again. Yeah, and, like, oh, I'm yeah. old. Like, I, you know, and she's like, this might be the last time you get to see me. It's like, you're, you're still mobile. Right. Like, mom isn't, like, hobbling around. She's not, you know, in any, I mean, maybe she can't drive. Like, that's why Tammy has to drive her around. And I love how she hasn't even consulted with Tammy and already decided, like, oh, Tammy's going to drive me. Yeah. I don't care how she feels about you. Right, but that's. I don't care how you feel that's about how Tammy. Tammy that's, but that's how Tammy was wanting Esuelu last season to be around the mom. Mom yeah. asked for something. Why are you not doing it? This right, is terrible. that's true. Right? Yeah. And so that's what just the way they run and the way the assumption goes. But I mean, I noticed that I also noticed that Kalani, like as soon as she was like, oh, you want to talk to Swelu? Handed it over the iPad. Yeah. I was like, I'm out of here. Later. I'm not going to listen to this. Okay. 
So why does he want seven kids specifically? That seemed like a random out of your ass number. Because there were eight seats in the minivan. Oh, <laughs> so it's only seven kids. <laughs> That makes sense, according to simple-minded Asuelu. Yeah, I can definitely see that. But he barely takes care of the kids he has. Like, right, which is why I feel more? like if you barely take care of the kids you have, then sure, more. Let's bring yeah. them on. Well, that's what I was thinking. More like, of them are going to like do this weird dance on the on the toy fire, uh, right. fire engine. Yeah. So uh, seven versus like ten. Like, why does that make a difference? Or even seven versus five. Well, I, mean, I also think... Did he have, what did he say? He had nine? He was one of nine? Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't that. I thought, I, you know, a lot of people just go with the default of how many brothers and sisters did I have? Right. That's what right. I want. I like that. That family life was good. Let's have as many as we yes. can. Max power. I thought it was funny that he was uh, switching between a minivan and like a Corvette. It's like, those are two very different very worlds. Very different things. <laughs> yes. Very, very different things. But like, it was so, I mean, I... So infuriating the way they were t- literally talking about it. Like she, like she, they, we're having a conversation and they go ask, what are you looking for? He's like, we're not looking at what she said. We are looking at these minivans. We've decided that we are getting minivans. And it's like, woo. which is funny. Cause you don't usually see young guys who are yeah, like, we're like, let's, and I'm I was, really into getting this minivan. I was confused why he was so into minivan anyway, because you know, it's like, I would hope that you would have a new car by the time you hit your seventh kid. Well, you need a minivan at the third kid. like the, For the car seats? For the stuff? car seats. Like, maybe not necessarily a minivan, but you need something with a third row of seats. So you either need a minivan or an SUV pretty much when you have your third kid, mm. which I think is terrible. When, um, But that's the way they just, the way they build car seats, You there's, I don't think there's a sedan on the market that you can put three car seats in across the back. Oh, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't need it when the seventh kid is what the point is. Yeah. <laughs> but still, he was talking about using it for ride sharing. Like, well, I, I mean, know, would you make that much more by doing like Uber XL? No, I don't think, I think you make, I would think you'd make less with Uber XL. Because I mean, they do charge you more. They do charge you more, but I don't know if that necessarily translates into you making any more money. Yeah. But they also, I'd, I would imagine the Uber XL drives are probably shorter. No, it just kind of seems like Uber Excel, it could be anything. Like what if you had to get your whole family to the airport? Well, I was thinking about like, yes, that's what I was thinking. The, the Of course, I think that's your most lucrative Uber drive is to the airport, right? Yeah. And so it's like more likely that one person needs a ride at the airport or that six people need a ride to the airport. Well, maybe more because then there's none of them that's eligible to drive anyone, <laughs> right? Yeah, if the whole family's going, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I guess I guess it could go either way, but I don't know. But I could also see that, you know, the gas efficiency is not as ideal. And if you're only making like a couple dollars more, like, is that really going to totally I don't the Uber doesn't care. Uber. I don't I really don't think Uber pays you, you know, more if you use a less fuel efficient car. Right. Oh, if you no, want to drive somebody in care. a gas guzzler. They're like, I don't care. You should <laughs> use your you should use your Prius, man. I know. Right. All right, so that pretty much wraps up. We saw all of our couples. Everybody this yeah, week, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of everyone. All right, so who was your student of the week since we have so many to choose from this uh, time? It was, UK, we had so many to choose yes, from. Yes, but so little to choose from. But it <laughs> was always. really hard. Yeah. So I ended up going with Kalani. Okay. Because, like, she made pretty clear in the interviews that she does not like a sway loose mom. And she does yeah. not get along with Asuelu's mom. And she's really not interested in getting along with Asuelu's mom. Sure, sure. But she, we've, and we've had other people like that, but they usually will stay there and pick fights and do it. And like, I thought that's the way to like constructively, maybe not constructively, but appropriately deal with someone you don't like. Yes. Like she held up the thing. She was cordial enough when she was there. Yeah. When Asuelu was going to talk and she knew it was going to make her mad, she just left the room. And right. Just, and just wasn't there. So I, I'll, I'll give her that for at least that. Yeah, you sold me on it, but I had a different student of the week in mind, and mine is based on progress, I guess, or maybe just uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. graded on their own curve. Right. Um, I would say it's Mike. Uh, this is the kindest we have seen him sure. act towards Natalie. He was genuinely trying to help her when she was, uh, you know, after she got out of surgery, and I think the biggest thing was. He even recognized his own shitty behavior right. and came back right, to right. not drive off without her. 
Yeah, totally. He was like, well, that would have been a terrible idea. So. Yeah, and that accomplishes nothing, which I was like, okay, good. You're starting to recognize that, you know, just right. this retaliation. Yeah, it makes you feel good in the moment, but it's not and it's, actually And it is retaliation. Anything. It doesn't make, mm. it didn't make any sense. You, I mean, as teachers and me as a parent, I'm big on natural consequences, right? right? I, don't, I don't need to punish you. You didn't turn in your assignment. You don't get your grade. Yeah. Right. You didn't, you didn't be quiet in class, whatever. I can do with that. It doesn't have to be an extra punishment that give people detention or anything like that. And I do the same thing as a parent, right? Sorry, you didn't clean up the bathroom. Now your bathroom's a mess. Things yeah. like that, right? But like, that's not a natural consequence. Well, no. you left me at the hotel room. I'll <laughs> steal your truck. Like that, that's, that's, that's punishment territory. Right. Definitely. All right. Who was your dunce? Uh, so we didn't really, I don't know. I think you're going to disagree with this because we didn't really give her a lot of crap. I went with Tiffany. And it's kind of more of a big picture thing. Okay. Right? And it's because she's not interested in giving him any benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. So why is she there? Yeah. Why yeah. is she pretending she's trying when she's not? And so to me, it's almost like she's playing this kind of, and Ronald is not great. And I'm not going to sit here and say Ronald's great. Ronald's an asshole. But like she's, she wanted to do that and go back just so she could be, I'm the bigger person. And I tried, I gave him one last chance, blah, blah, blah. And, but it was, but she's not really giving him a chance. Like yeah. She's all, kind of already made her decision. Right. I do think that uh, she is going through the motions of saying that she's doing this because this is something that when her kids are old enough, she's going to want to tell them. Hey, listen, I tried. And Daniel's going to be old enough to be like, yeah, mommy did try, mm -hmm. you know, but um, I guess spoiler alert, there's definitely things coming out on social media that indicate that these two are not together right now. They uh -huh. are definitely a mudslinging type of couple. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's gotten like nasty barbs here and there about, you know, the other person and how Well, since they've they already are. been, they've given each other nasty barbs and they're going out on a nice date trying to make squishies. So. Oh my God. I know. Right. <laughs> So funny that you should say that Tiffany is your dunce because I had Ronald as sure. my dunce. Uh -huh. um, the things that I you know, felt problematic is one. Yeah. Why are you trying to impress your mom with child care? Like all of a sudden you're stepping it up for your mother. That makes no damn sense. Mm -hmm. um, your lack of budget when buying these Christmas decorations, dragging your kid into this argument to have them have the final say and, you know, just the bickering at dinner and you walking off mm -hmm. like this is this is actually really quite sad on both their parts. Like they said that they really haven't had time alone because they're apart. And when they have been together, it's been about the kids. Sure. And so it's like you're going to ruin the one night you actually have together. And they say over a year. And it's just like, what are you For doing? Real. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So life lessons. My life lesson is that being an American does not entitle you to any kind of behavior from your partner. Oh, my gosh. But we're in the land of the free. So being an American, it entitles you to what? A U.S. passport. Sure. Uh, like government service eligibility. You can get Medicaid if you apply, if you uh, <laughs> qualify for it. You sure. can get Social Security and like voting. And that's pretty much the list. That's all you're entitled to for being an American. Definitely not land of the free. I don't even know what she was freely trying know. to do. Land of the free and to do whatever you want yeah, is uh -huh. like, I think, Angela's interpretation of everything. Yeah. Because she definitely lives her life that way. Sure, definitely. Um, so my life lesson really is from Brandon and Julia. So I thought it was very odd that they were really trying to... Uh, trick Ron and Betty into admitting that this was a good choice. And that was their plan, right? <laughs> they were just okay. like, okay, we're going to not tell them that this is our place. And they're going to be like, yeah, this place is great. And we'd be like, oh, I'm glad you thought that we signed a lease. But it completely backfired on them. So trying to trick someone into thinking that someone something is their idea or saying something is a great idea will almost well, always backfire. Well, this one is very predictable. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't want you to move out right? is not going to say any apartment is good enough. Yeah. So it's just, just be upfront about your intentions and whatever if they don't agree with you. Because, I mean, who cares if they disagree? Like, why were they even so concerned in the first place about 
right. doing this weird you know, game Because you, know you know when you're not going to have any fights with him about moving out anymore? When you're moved Once out. Once you moved out. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. It's all done then. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. So, yeah, uh, that was towards Brandon and Julia. It's like, grow up. Come on. You're yeah. finally out of the house. Let's act like adults now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for... I'm excited to see, hopefully, some non-farm-related things from them. <laughs> oh, but that was the best part. What do you mean? You don't like the cute don't animals? Like the cute animals. You just yeah. have to feed the cute animals. Not a big deal. <laughs> oh. All right. So we'll be back again next week. Um, new episode yes. next week. and We will not be in the same room, so same room editing will be hopefully a little bit A little smoother. bit better. It might sound a little better, right? We're yeah. not going to be able to edit this one very much. We're anticipating it being a bit of a rough edit, so yep. we apologize in advance. Yes, of course. But uh, we'll see everybody back here next week then. Okay, sounds good. All right. See you then. Okay, bye. bye. bye.